Well, it sure wasn't the start that any Big 12 fan should want in the non-conference, but uh, it's water under the bridge. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly. Go to heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. And before we get it rolling, guys, please take a moment out. Take your 30 seconds. Leave us a rating, review, subscribe to the podcast. We appreciate that. It helps us tremendously. I've got free Heartland College Sports koozies ready for you. I've got them for you guys, and I want to send them to you. All you got to do is leave me that rating and review and send me a screenshot of the rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and we'll get the koozie in the mail for you guys. Appreciate it so much. It always pains me to say this, but I have to say it, and that is the fact that the SEC got it right. Yes, I know. I hate those words. I hate them. But the SEC got it right. And maybe we should have known the SEC would get it right because this is what the SEC does. They build up their brand. They BS us. They know what they're doing, though, when it comes to hype, when it comes to optics. That's why they play eight conference games, four non-conference games, and it seems like at least two of them are total cupcakes. And conveniently, they always play a cupcake right before they play their big rivalry game at the end of the year. Just conveniently happens to work out that way for SEC teams, huh? I mean, it's comical. But you know what? They had it right playing no non-conference games this year. Because now the Big 12 is looking at itself and saying, okay, yeah, OU and Texas took care of business in the non-conference against Missouri State and UTEP. But our, our three and four teams, Oklahoma State, at least in most people's minds, in Oklahoma State, who once again, you know, had some issues against Tulsa last week. For those of you guys that are listening on the radio, we drop a podcast only every Sunday recapping all the Saturday games. So be sure to check us out there wherever you get your podcasts. Search Heartland College Sports and leave us a rating, review, subscribe there. But not to relitigate that Oklahoma State game, but unfortunately for the Big 12, it was another black eye. Now they got to win. And Tulsa's not a, a bad team, but still, Tulsa was missing its best running back. Now, Oklahoma State goes without Spencer Sanders. Finally, Mike Gundy pulls the trigger and puts in Shane Illingworth, which he should have done in the second quarter because Ethan Bullock couldn't hit the broadside of a barn with a football if he tried. That's how bad he was. But finally, Oklahoma State gets that win. And the Cowboys' defense looked really good. That was definitely a bright spot for Mike Gundy's team. But still, it was a 16-7 game against Tulsa. So you've got that game for Oklahoma State. Then you've got the Iowa State debacle against Louisiana. Baylor was supposed to play Houston this past weekend. That would have been a solid AAC non-conference win, although maybe this year, you know what? (laughs) Maybe in the Big 12 this year, you're better off just not playing any games. I mean, seriously, unbelievable. And any non-conference games at least. What a joke. So Baylor's game gets canceled due to COVID. Uh, And then you have, who else? I had a tough weekend there in week one. Texas Tech barely, barely beating FCS Houston Baptist. TCU gets this game canceled. K-State losing to Arkansas State. KU getting blown out by Coastal Carolina. And then you've got West Virginia taking care of business against Eastern Kentucky in week one. But you look at those three Sunbelt losses in particular, Iowa State, KU, K-State, Oklahoma State barely hanging on. And you say to yourself, like, what's the best non-conference win now for the Big 12? Uh, What is it? Is it UTEP? Is it Eastern Kentucky? 
I mean, pathetic. Completely pathetic. And you know that with the Big Ten now coming back to play football, Big Ten's going to play, what, eight games? I think it is. You know that the Big Ten fanboys, if they can get in a full season, the Big Ten fanboys are going to be going wild over the idea that, oh, the Big 12 stinks. We got to get in. Meantime, the Big 12 is still going to play its round-robin, nine-conference games, and a conference championship. So, you know, 10 legitimate Power 5 games, whereas the Big 10 will play, what, 8 plus 1, but they'll use the Big 12's horrible non-conference against them. That's what they're going to try to do and say, look at the Big 12. It's a joke. So in hindsight, which I know is always 2020, and I'm not trying to Monday morning quarterback this thing too much because I was not saying it before the season. I admit that. But still, the Big 12 made a mistake going the non-conference route. You know, I, I know that some people will say, well, it's good to have a game under your belt entering conference play, I guess. But if you enter conference play now and the conference's image and brand has taken a beating, then what's the point of it, right? Like if you're OU, you'd rather have a little bit of a sloppy first half of a first game against, uh, I don't know, throw whoever, K-State this weekend. Then had the Big 12 image tarnished by, you know, a tough non-conference. I, I just think that that's a no-brainer. And unfortunately for the Big 12, now they find themselves in this spot where they're going to have to basically uh, fight on behalf of the conference and fight for the legitimacy of the conference this year in terms of how good it is. And I still think it's a deep conference. Now, maybe not as deep as I thought, but I still believe in this conference and its ability to have a wildly fun and successful season with a diversity of teams, not just all shotgun, you know, score 50 points every game. All right. Look at this weekend's game against Iowa State and TCU. I mean, you'll be lucky to get 30 points combined in that game. I mean, that's going to be a heck of a defensive slugfest. Oklahoma State can play defense. Oklahoma State's team of the past five years would not have, have won that game against Tulsa because they would have given up too many points to dig out of that hole. But the Oklahoma State defense was outstanding, and it might be Mike Gundy's best defense since he's been the head coach in Stillwater. Texas playing some defense under Chris Ash. I believe they will have a really good year on that side of the ball. OU continuing to build under Alex Grinch. Dave Aranda, defensive mastermind for LSU, is now the head coach of Baylor. So it's a diverse team that's not all about just slinging the ball over, all over the field anymore. It's not the case. So that is now what the Big 12 is going to be dealing with uh, for the rest of the season. And it's unfortunate, but... It is what it is. All right, let's go through our, our power rankings here going into conference play. And obviously only uh, last week Oklahoma State played, but I still had some changes to the power rankings. So we'll go through them here quickly for a couple minutes with you. And I post them every Monday morning on heartlandcollegesports.com. So here's what I've got for the Big 12 power rankings. At number one, I'm keeping the Oklahoma Sooners. No reason to move them off the top spot after demolishing Missouri State in week one at number two i've got the texas longhorns once again didn't play in week two smoked utep in week one and now they've got the texas tech red raiders this weekend at number three i've got the baylor bears moving up a spot from number four uh baylor had its game postponed against houston so they have not played yet this year but i will say this coming off the big 12 title game last year Yes, they lost a lot of key pieces, including head coach Matt Rule, but maybe we're overlooking this Baylor team. I, You know, more research I do, I'm starting to feel that way about this Baylor Bears team. So 
Got Baylor at number three, even though they haven't played a game. West Virginia at number four. This is probably the big surprise, and this could change certainly this weekend uh, when they play Oklahoma State. But the Mountaineers were nine two weeks ago. They were five last week. I bumped them up to four because, heck, they got to win, all right? They won a non-conference game. You can't say that about a lot of teams in the Big 12, and the Mountaineers demolished Eastern Kentucky 59-10. to which I know Eastern Kentucky is no good. They got blown out by Marshall in week one, but now Marshall's sitting there in the top 25. So maybe uh, this win is just a little bit better than we thought. I've got West Virginia at number four in the power rankings. At number five, Oklahoma State. They were three last week. They won the game. That's the nicest thing you can say about it. I don't know why Gundy took so long to turn to Shane Ellingworth, but he did. Either way, they got the win. And uh, we'll see what happens with Spencer Sanders and the rest of that offense moving forward. But the defense was outstanding, but I had to bump them down to number five. September number six is on National the Big 12 Power Rankings. TCU, once again, day. yet to play Show a game. protecting your community but, matters to you. Boy, this defense is going to be awesome. Day. And it remember, is going to, to be report awesome. terrorism That's related secondary suspicious activity to local authorities. Trevor Morig, our Darius Washington, uh, the best one-two punch of safety possibly in the country. It is a stud, stud defense. Just can they score the points? That's the question for TCU. I've got them at six. I've got Texas Tech at seven, and maybe I shouldn't, but boy, if there was anyone worth putting above them right now, I'd do it. But Texas Tech, uh, they beat FCS Houston Baptist, but it might as well have been a loss. A two-point win. you got to be kidding me against an FCS opponent. They're hosting Texas this weekend. 8, 9, and 10. I kept in order from last week for the Big 12 Power Rankings. Kansas State at 8 after they lost to Arkansas State, but that was the best loss of the bunch. Then I've got Iowa State at 9 and the Kansas Jayhawks in the number 10 spot in this week's Big 12 Power Rankings. And expect a big shift next week after the first week of non-conference play. It is going to be a heck of a fun week, and we're going to have all the previews for you up on heartlandcollegesports.com, previews, predictions, everything that you would want going into uh, this weekend's first full weekend of Big 12 football. I can't wait. I'm Pete Mundo. We are Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. It's great to be here with you each and every week. Coming up, the storylines that we're keeping an eye on here in the Big 12 as we get ready for conference play, that's next on Heartland College Sports Weekly. Hey, guys, so you know what this weekend is, right? I mean, we've been talking about it all show, but yes, it's the start of conference play. Five Big 12 games on the slate. Didn't think we'd get here, and our friends at MyBookie have a special promotion just for my listeners. Go to mybookie.com, use the promo code BIG12. That's BIG12, BIG12 for a 100% first-time deposit bonus when you sign up at mybookie.com. They're an important partner for us at heartlandcollegesports.com, and they've just got a great deal running right now. I put out my picks every Friday, and by the way, my picks, 5-0 and against the spread so far in the Big 12, so let's go, let's get on it. And not only is it just college football, They've also got a super contest, which is picking five NFL games against the spread each week to have a chance at $100,000 guaranteed in cash prizes. So make your picks, win big, collect that cash, use our promo code BIG12, BIG12, and double your first deposit now. It's a no-brainer. Your winning season begins today only at MyBookie. 
So I know we're in the middle of the season, and I don't want to be the guy that's spreading rumors. But all that being said, all I'm going to say here for a few minutes is that there clearly is some discontent, continued discontent, between Nebraska and the Big Ten. And anybody telling you that it's not there and it's not the case is not being honest. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. So five weeks ago on the show, I talked about the fact that, hey, Nebraska is not going to be playing football. This is when the Big 10 obviously canceled its season. Big 12 should at least, you know, pick and prod a little bit because let's be honest, the Big 10 has not been good for Nebraska. All right. They lost their pipeline to Texas recruits. They've kind of been stuck in no man's land. They have not won a mediocre Big 10 West. And Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, they all kind of thumb their nose down at Nebraska. I mean, that's the reality. Whereas when Nebraska was sitting here in the Big 12, they were one of the heavy hitters, right? It was them and Texas and Oklahoma and eh, maybe AM. And depending on the day, some people might have had respect for Texas AM. Depends on the day or the moment. Uh, I'd say most don't, but either way, they were one of the heavy hitters in the Big 12. That is not the case anymore. So Pat Forty at Sports Illustrated, he wrote this week that Nebraska needs a hug. He said he got to hand it to Nebraska for finally figuring out where it stands in the football hierarchy. The Cornhuskers are just a piece of background furniture, part of the scenery, another mediocre program out there trying to scrape its way to bowl eligibility for the first time in four years. They have been a subpar member of the Big Ten, and they finally overcome their own institutional arrogance long enough to acknowledge it. Athletic Director Bill Moose said the local reporter Saturday after the conference released its third 2020 football schedule, quote, I've got a good football team with a great football coach that deserves a break here or there to start getting back on track to being a contender in the Big Ten West. And he goes on to basically say Nebraska's complaining about the fact that they've got to play Ohio State and Penn State this year in the eight-game conference-only schedule for the Big Ten and that is not fair. Want, 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 woe is me. He goes on to say Nebraska's delusional. He goes on to say Commissioner Kevin Warren of the Big Ten has heard enough out of Nebraska for this lifetime. And then he goes on to just continue to rip Nebraska. And there's no doubt that a guy like Pat Forty, who is a major national writer, used to be with Yahoo. Now he's with Sports Illustrated. He's not writing this stuff just like waking up one day, rolling out of bed. He's talked to people in the Big Ten. All right, he's talked to people in the Big Ten. This is clearly a feeling across the conference. Nebraska walked into the Big Ten, thought it would be one of the big hitters just like it was in the Big 12, and it wasn't. And it wasn't. And I think Nebraska's starting to realize that, and I believe that uh, the rest of the Big Ten is tired of hearing about it. So it may very well be time to at least make a little bit of noise if you're Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bowlesby and at least just behind the scenes pick and prod and have a conversation or two. Nothing's happening for a few years, right? All the TV contracts come up in anywhere from 2023 to 2025. But if you're Bob Bowlesby, Big 12 Commissioner, at least make a call privately. I I know this stuff can't be on the up and up. But just make a call to Bill Moose, the athletic director for Nebraska. Call the chancellor and and just say, hey, listen, I'm not trying to poach you. Don't want to do that. 
All I'm saying is that if you're really as disgruntled as you might be, hit us up. Give us a call. Just, you know, not, doesn't need to be a lot, but just give us a call and um, we can have a conversation. Nothing has to be on the record. Nothing has to be confirmed. Nothing has to be agreed upon. But let's just have a conversation. All right, let's do that and see where it goes. And it can be an open-ended conversation. We can talk for 10, 15 minutes and, hey, we'll talk to you in six months. But let's have, let's have a conversation. And that's what I'd be doing if I was Bob Bowlesby today because clearly this relationship between the Big Ten and Nebraska is not good. And I believe Nebraska back in the Big 12 would be just awesome. Once again, I'm not saying it's going to happen. There's no evidence that it is. But if there's ever a time that something like this might happen, look at how disgruntled Nebraska is with the Big Ten and the Big Ten is with Nebraska. And the fact that Nebraska has been mediocre at best at football now for several years tells you something. And you know what? It may not be popular for Nebraska to admit it screwed up leaving the conference. But in the end, I believe this fan base would embrace it with open arms. And I believe the rest of the Big 12 fan bases would embrace it. Bring back Nebraska, Oklahoma. Bring back Nebraska, K-State and the Big 12, old Big 12 North. Uh, You find another team there, whether it's a Missouri, if they realize they made a mistake. I don't know. You go for an Arkansas, Colorado disgruntled. I'm just saying you've got options. And while I know we're in the season and typically we save this type of talk for the offseason, I can't help to not bring it up. I mean, I got to bring it up right now just because of what is going on in the Big Ten. It's a mess. The relationship between the Big Ten and Nebraska is in the toilet. It's in the complete toilet. So nothing's happening right now, but just keep an eye on this because it's going to be very interesting to watch it play out here uh, over the next couple of years. And we may look back, depending on what happens, we may look back on this moment in time on COVID and uh, what happened to the Big Ten as the final straw in the relationship between Nebraska and the Big Ten. And it could be a win for the Big 12. All right. It could be. Pete Mundo on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. So all of all my previews and picks in the uh, week three games here coming up shortly. Can't believe that. So week one, of course, was all the non-conference games. Last week you had just Oklahoma State and Tulsa. You've got a full slate of conference games this weekend in the Big 12 Conference. And just some things I'm watching. Forget the, the X's and O's stuff. We'll get to that. But Dave Aranda, I mean, he still hasn't, Coach the game. Nobody knows what he's going to be like on the sidelines because Baylor has had its two games canceled. Week one against Louisiana Tech, last week against Houston. They're playing KU this weekend. Dave Aranda, new head coach in the Big 12 for Baylor, former LSU defensive coordinator. What this guy is like on the sidelines, we don't know. So, you know, I'm not dying to watch a Kansas football game, just being totally honest, but I'm really intrigued by this game because it's going to be Dave Aranda, post-Matt Rule era, And you know what? Let's just see what's going on there. Let's see what he's like. I'm intrigued by that. And then I'll bounce around the conference here uh, for a couple of minutes. Just give you one intriguing item for each game. Kansas State, Oklahoma, of course, oh, you lost this game last year. How much revenge do they want against Kansas State? Like, oh, you still made the college football playoff, so it didn't really matter. But are they that driven to just beat the daylights out of Kansas State who lost to Arkansas State? couple of weeks ago, that'll be interesting. For Iowa State and TCU, what does TCU do at quarterback? 
Looks like Downing's going to start the Georgia transfer. Does Duggan get reps, though? If Downing gets off to a slow start, Duggan's going to be available. Um, Iowa State, I mean, there's a lot there after their abysmal performance against Louisiana a couple of weeks ago. So there's a lot of intrigue there. That could be like a 14-10 game, by the way. We'll talk more about that coming up. Texas on the road against Texas Tech. And for Texas Tech, you had an issue, obviously, this week, if you didn't see the news. Uh, starting running back, Sir Roderick Thompson, arrested on racing charges from over the summer. He's expected to play this weekend and be available. But still, between beating an FCS team by two points in your opener and then having your star running back uh, arrested for racing charges from over the summer, not exactly the booming start to year two under Matt Wells that he was hoping for. And if things get really ugly on Saturday against the Longhorns, who I think are, are going to put up a big number, I'm not saying there's heat on Matt Wells in year two of a rebuild, but there's more than you would want there to be when you're in year two, game two of a rebuild. I'll put it that way. All right. West Virginia, Oklahoma State. That's the last one here. And in that game, what are the Mountaineers? Like, are the Mountaineers going to be the surprise team in the Big 12? If they are, they go on the road. They win this game against Oklahoma State this weekend. Or is Oklahoma State going to reestablish itself as the team that should or has a really good chance to make a Big 12 championship game this year with a really good defense and, frankly, you know, a lot of studs on offense? I know they had some injuries last week and guys weren't exactly firing on all cylinders, but this is the year for Mike Gundy, man. This is the year for Mike Gundy to get over that hump and to get it done. And I didn't think, you know, when I looked at the schedule a month ago, I didn't think this would be a game that would be really interesting. But I would say, if you're just going based off intrigue, Iowa State TCU and West Virginia Oklahoma State are the two most interesting games in the conference this weekend, and it's not close. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Our picks and previews for all the games this weekend coming up next. Well, let's get to it. It's uh, week three of the Big 12 football season, and it is our first full slate of, yes, conference play. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. Appreciate you joining us and being a part of the show. All right, preview and prediction time. We will go in order and start with Oklahoma. Take it on at Kansas State. Last year, K-State pulled off the upset I do not see that happening this year. K-State, of course, lost to Arkansas State, and that's not the only reason. Teams can bounce back from a bad week one and have a, a good game two, but there are issues there for Kansas State on both sides of the ball. The offensive line is still learning to gel. Uh, they had issues there with the running game. Deuce Vaughn looked good, but still, there are issues on offense and even some missing pieces on defense. They couldn't get a stop. Down the stretch on that final drive against Arkansas State. The Sooners are home. Spencer Rattler looked good. I know he's against a better defense and better secondary, obviously, than Missouri State. But still, I see big chunks of yards for Rattler on the ground. And I think that Oklahoma is going to roll in this game by a final of 45-20 to 20 over Kansas State. I'll take K-State to cover the 28 points. But uh, OU is going to roll in this game this weekend. Then we've got Iowa State and TCU. 
Now, Iowa State is on the road in Fort Worth in this game. And here's a part of the reason I like the Cyclones, as terrible as they looked in week one. Charlie Kohler is expected to be back at tight end. He was missing in game one, and he is uh, Brock Purdy's favorite target. Iowa State, I guarantee you, Matt Campbell made life a living hell for him uh, since that week one game. Those guys are going to be dying to get back on the field, whereas TCU hasn't played yet, right? And I think one thing we're learning is that teams that play their first game this year, no matter what conference, you play your first game this year, things are a little shaky because of how strange the offseason has been, uh, having no spring practice, And for TCU, who's that quarterback? If it's Downing, the guys played a handful of games at Georgia in garbage time. If it's Duggan, how healthy is he? This is going to be a low-scoring game. These defenses are really good. I mean, both of these defenses are outstanding. But I think Iowa State is going to make some adjustments. And also their defensive line is going to have its way with TCU's offensive line where it loses some starters I know that guys like Jaquan Bailey for Iowa State get all the attention, but keep an eye on the likes of, like, Will McDonald, defensive end. Uh, going back to last year, Will McDonald has seven sacks in the past five games. That includes Notre Dame, Kansas State, and Texas as well. So this is a really good defensive line in front seven for Iowa State. I believe they turn it up a notch. TCU is replacing a lot of guys on the offensive line. So there are some issues there with who knows what the quarterback situation is and a very young backfield as well. Jalen Rager has gone at wide receiver off to the NFL, and I just see a really low-scoring game. I think the TCU defense is not going to be the problem, but once again, it's the offense, and that's been the problem the last two and a half, three seasons now for Gary Patterson. It's going to be stagnant, and I think Iowa State holds on for a tight 21-17 win over TCU. And the Cyclones will indeed cover that two and a half point spread. Then we go out to Lubbock, where Texas Tech is home against the Texas Longhorns. And the spread is 18 points in favor of Texas. And it's not good for Texas Tech when I'm saying, really? That's it? Only an 18 point spread, huh? That's it. But here's the thing it's been a rough week for Texas Tech. Barely beat an FCS opponent by two points a couple of weeks ago. And while I think that, you know, Matt Wells probably rode those guys pretty hard the last couple of weeks, I just wonder if the talent is all there. I think this team could click. They've got a lot of transfers that are getting in the mix. But here's the thing. When you've got the transfers coming in, you've got a, you know, stop and go fall camp, no spring practice. Those guys might need game reps to actually gel and mesh, right? That's what makes this difficult for a team like Texas Tech and Matt Wells in particular. So I, I do not like their odds this weekend hosting a Texas Longhorns team that I think is fired up, even though, you know, Tom Herman is much better as an underdog than he is as a favorite. I just think Texas is going to overwhelm the Red Raiders, overwhelm them. I think that Ellinger's on a mission. You got two new coordinators trying to strut their stuff in Big 12 play. I see Texas winning this game 41-20 to 20 over the Red Raiders and covering the 18.5 points in this game as well. Then next up, we've got Oklahoma state hosting West Virginia. And we know what happened to the Cowboys this past week. Uh, Cowboys did not look good against Tulsa. And obviously, you know, things are up in the air with what's happening there. at quarterback, the offensive line was a complete mess. And that is a key in this game. The offensive line, Oklahoma State did lose a couple of guys they did not expect to lose. Starting guard Dylan Galloway retired, 
And then he had another player on the offensive line dismissed for violating team rules. That was Bryce Bray. So it's a younger offensive line than what we thought Oklahoma State was going to have a couple of months ago. But West Virginia is great on the defensive line. Darius and Dante Stills are studs, a one-two punch. The defense was not the problem last year for West Virginia. It was the offense. And if that defensive line has its way against an Oklahoma State offensive line that looked like it did last Saturday, there could be some real trouble for the Cowboys in uh, at home against the Mountaineers this weekend. But, boy, we do not know what's going to happen at quarterback. You know, Sanders was in a boot earlier this week. We'll see how the week plays out. But it's just it's not feeling good. That being said, that being said, the Oklahoma State defense was very solid, was very solid in, in week one against Tulsa. It kept them in that game. That's the only reason they came back to win, because that defense held its own for the Oklahoma State Cowboys. So I believe that side of the ball is going to look good. The Mountaineers' offense is still unproven here. Jared Dagey is is nice at quarterback. He deserved to have the starting job. The running backs, Letty Brown and Alex Singfield, combined for almost 250 yards in week one. But that was against Eastern Kentucky, not this awfully stout Oklahoma State defense. So I'm looking at this game, and I'm saying to myself, okay, the Mountaineers are a problem for the Cowboys along the line when West Virginia is on defense. But on the other side of the ball – Oklahoma State as well is going to give that Mountaineers offense some trouble. So I think the Pokes, I think the Pokes hang on here for a 28 to 24 victory, but it's the Mountaineers who cover the seven and a half point spread. So Oklahoma State wins the game, but it is West Virginia covering the touchdown plus spread on Saturday as well in Stillwater. And last but not least, you've got Baylor taking on Kansas. This game is in Waco and hopefully for Baylor's sake, it actually gets played because Poor Baylor. They've had two games postponed or canceled already this year, so it's a tough spot for them. But that being said, Baylor, let's not forget, is coming off an appearance in the Big 12 championship game. All right? I know there are a lot of guys gone. Of course, the head coach is brand new, Dave Aranda, replacing Matt Rule. But the more I've thought about the last couple of weeks, have we undervalued and not given enough attention to Baylor, who is still returning a quarterback in Charlie Brewer, who's a stud, uh, arguably the best linebacker in the Big 12 in Terrell Bernard. Uh, you know, are we overlooking these guys because Matt Rule is gone and a couple of key players on both sides of the ball? Uh, that might be a problem for all of us if we're overlooking Baylor. I think the Bears are dying to get out on the field. I think that Dave Aranda is looking to have a home run opener here to prove himself to uh, the Baylor fan base. And... I think that Baylor's going to roll in this game. Kansas was down 28 zip to Coastal freaking Carolina. Coastal Carolina, they were down 28 nothing. Les Miles is doing it right. He's building with high school guys, not just trying to replace them with JUCO guys. Everybody else has tried that, and it hasn't worked. But here's the thing. It could be ugly this year with just the high school guys trying to take their lumps. I think that Baylor is going to roll, roll in this game by a final of 47 to 17 and cover the 18 point spread. It's actually 17 and a half. So 17 and a half point spread in favor of the Baylor bears. There you have it. The picks for our first full slate of conference play this weekend. I'm Pete Mundo. Heartlandcollegesports.com is the site. Mybookie.com. Use the promo code big 12, big one, two for a 100% deposit bonus. No one locking it. You just get the, you know, hundred percent deposit bonus. 
right out of the gates, and it helps us out tremendously. MyBookie.com, promo code BIG12, BIG12. And don't forget, rate, review, subscribe. We've got free koozies for you. When you leave us that rating and review and send me a screenshot of it to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Thanks so much, guys. Enjoy the games. We'll talk to you soon.